For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. And Ike, week 10 of the NFL was crazy because you had that Hail Mary from Kyler Murray to DeAndre Hopkins, which flipped the Cardinals game. And then you also had Nick Chubb running out of bounds as soon as it looked like he would help the Browns cover in that one as well. And so it was a crazy week of action, but bet online is the place to go if you want to wager on any of these games. 365, 24-7. If you're trying to bet on something, you need to bet online. My heart goes out to the people who had the opposing teams in the last minute. You know, they had what looked like good wagers uh, fall by the wayside. And I know that was part of the reaction, part of the fun on Sunday. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by two-time Super Bowl champion, 12-year veteran of the NFL, and number 24 of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ike Taylor. Ike, it is Victory Monday. And who needs practice? Big Ben was out on the COVID-19 list. He did not have COVID-19, but right. he had quite the a trace. performance against the Bengals, four touchdowns in this one. Let's start there. What was your reaction to Sunday's game, a trouncing of the Cincinnati Bengals? I don't know if you read my tweet, Mark, but I say uh, if anybody need any help on knowing how to find receivers, y'all need to go to Kevin Colbert in the Pittsburgh Steelers front office. <laughs> because, because, man, they got five receivers that can play on any team and give them help between James, between Chase, between uh, Deontay, between Juju, them boys, just McLeod, them boys. We can go on for days on how the Steelers draft and the production of their wide receivers. And we talked about this earlier during the season, Marky Mark, on, you know, it's going to be a few games where Ben just going to throw the run game out the window and he's just going to be Ben. And last night was one of those games where seven was just seven. And we all know seven like to pass the ball. And it's just right now, man, I just feel like seven in the matrix. He, he just – the game has really become really slow to him, and he just – he feels like he's in backyard football. And his receivers, which I thought last year when Seven was hurt, got a lot of playing time and experience. Now you put a veteran quarterback with them, and you see what they're doing week in and week out, man. Them boys – it's crazy to see because you're like, how undefeated could they go? <laughs> then you see Seven play, and you see the young receivers – playing like seasonal vets, it's like they can go as far as they won't go, <laughs> you know? So I know people like, and, I, and and I've said this, like I don't know if they can go undefeated or I want them to lose a game, but the defense playing well enough, Joe Hayden is playing in his prime. And Joe Hayden been playing for a long time, Marky Mark. The defense, if, we, if it's one thing we're going to criticize them about, it's trying to stop the run. 
But hell, KC try to stop the run. Baltimore try to stop the run. So a lot of your top AFC teams, if it's one thing people figure they can't do on them is try to run the ball. By the end of the day, man, Pittsburgh, they just, and seven just, like you say, man, don't, if you give seven an inch, he'll take a mile. Man. If you let seven come just on Fridays, he's just going to come on Fridays to practice. <laughs> They had a graphic on the screen, Ike, and he's done a great job of distributing the ball to all the different playmakers. It's not just one guy who he's targeting. And the Steelers are the only team in the NFL with five players with three or more touchdown receptions. And so it's not just Chase Claypool. It's not just Deontay Johnson. It's not just Juju. It's not just Eric Ebron. He does a great job of Whichever, pick your poison from a defensive standpoint. Whichever guy you want to take away does a great job of distributing the ball to the different skill position players on the Steelers offense. And Ike, it goes back to something that you mentioned either on last week's pod or the week before. It's also out of empty sets. So on Sunday, they went empty on 32% of Roethlisberger's passes. And that's a much higher percentage that we've seen earlier in the season. And he's effective out of that. He went six of nine, 75 yards and two touchdowns. Roethlisberger has 11 touchdowns out of empty sets this season, and that leads the NFL by a wide margin. And so he spreads the defense out, makes the defense play in space. And again, he can just find his playmakers of whichever one-on-one matchup he likes. He's done a great job of getting the ball to the Steelers' different skill position players. And we talked about this too. The quick passing game out in space, in my opinion, almost serves as an extension to the running game because you get the ball out of Big Ben's hands really, really quickly, and you don't have to rely on just traditionally handing the ball off to James Conner, Benny Snell, and company. Yeah, I mean, you just said it. That quick pass game is the running game. You know what I'm saying? And that's how people got to start looking at the Pittsburgh still offensive if they just looking at James Conner with 13, maybe 15 carries. Like, hell, man, we going out in this empty set. And, you know, we picking up four or five yards in this, in this quick pass game. That's equivalent enough for us to say that's a run game for us. So it's just hard to have five Ferraris in the garage. You know, one is good. You might have an R8 Audi in the garage, but seven, seven got five Ferraris, man. <laughs> the, the man got five legit Ferraris sitting in that garage, Mark. 100%. I want to go to the flip side of the ball too, Ike. I thought a key on Sunday. The Bengals were 0 of 13 on third down conversion. So being able to get off the field, I thought Joe Burrow did a pretty good job adjusting early on in the game. He started out slow and then he seemed to figure things out. And like big picture standpoint, I think the Steelers have a few questions. One, could they legitimately run the table this season, which you look at the schedule and it's not out of the possibility. I don't think they will, but you look at this schedule and it's just like they, other than the Ravens on Thanksgiving night. The Ravens lost last night. Yeah. Against the New England Patriots. So we, we, we got to start questioning, Mark. Are they who they, who, who we thought they are? No, no, not at all. And you knew there would be some regression this season. We've talked about it a lot. It's, I think it starts up front with the Ravens and their struggles in the sense that, look, Marshall Yonda, the future Hall of Fame guard for them, retired. Right. 
Right. Matt Skuro, their center's coming off a knee injury. They've had other injuries on the offensive line. And then teams can game plan for Lamar. He's going to have a target on his back a season ago after going 14-2, and two, setting the record for most rushing yards by a team in NFL history. And those tight formations of running the ball, using Lamar almost as another running back because with him running the ball, you get an additional blocker. That's not quite as exotic as it was a season ago when Lamar Jackson was only in his second season. And so you knew there would be some regression with the Ravens this season. And that's something I feel like we've talked about quite a bit here on the Believe in Steelers podcast, Ike. And so, yeah, I mean, that's going to be – look, I don't want to count the chickens before they hatch, but I'm looking at the rest of the Steelers schedule and I'm like – these are all potentially winnable games to where you're sitting at nine and zero for the first time in franchise history. And it's like, this is a possibility, but watching yesterday's game. So that was one question I had. The other one was you saw what Joe Burrow could do that stoic demeanor. He doesn't get flustered. Even when he faces an inordinate amount of pressure, we talked about this a little bit last week, Ike with Burrow, this division being his in the future once Big Ben retires. And I think you could see, okay, once the Bengals actually surround him with more talent, he's just going to get better and better and better and better. And you might look at the final score and say, well, 36 to 10, this wasn't even close. And in the second half, the Steelers really pulled away. But I thought you saw flashes with Joe Burrow of what he could potentially be. Remember, Joe Mixon didn't play in this one for the Bengals either. So without Mixon, I didn't really think that the Bengals really stood much of a shot. But I think this division would be his for the future. Ike, we were talking some before the pod. I don't think that the Steelers have Big Ben's successor on their roster right now. And that's no disrespect to Mason Rudolph or any of the other backup quarterbacks. But you see what the Bengals have in the future with Joe Burrow. And if you're Cincinnati, you got to see the forest between the trees. You knew this season was going to be tough. But I really think that the Bengals do have a pretty promising future in this AFC North division. I agree with you 100%. Just um, and it's no disrespect to anybody on that roster. It's just having a franchise quarterback. Now, now I see why you hold on to him. Now I see why you hold on to a Big Ben for 20 years. Now I see why you hold on to a Tom Brady for 20 years. Now I see why you hold on to a Drew Brees for 20 years, Aaron Rodgers for 20 years. Like you hold on to these franchise quarterbacks because they don't come around too often. And that's what the Steelers have to look at. Ben got next year. Time of determine if he wants to play the year after that. But if you're looking into these drafts coming up, man, I'm looking for a successor of Big Ben. And in order for me to keep my franchise the way it's going, that's what I'm going to have to look for, you know. So now now is the time, I think, to do it. One, you got a, a young offensive group, especially at the wide receiver position. Two, man, the franchise been hot. Three, Everybody on defense, damn near playing in a in a prime. So this would be a perfect time for a young quarterback to come in, knowing he have a sound defense, knowing he got a lot of weapons on the outside, and we'll figure out the running game to let what Ben had in his early part of his career to let the defense kind of control everything, make sure seven don't make any mistakes. And once seven gets seasoned, and once he feels like he's groomed enough as an OC, well then I'll open a playbook up for him. But that's what I would do. Right now, if I'm the front office, I'll start looking for a franchise quarterback right now for the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
And it sounds like you would go through the draft. I would also maybe take an approach of where's potentially a guy who hasn't been in the right fit for whatever reason. And the guy I look at for the Steelers, and you might think I'm crazy, Ike, but Carson Wentz for the Eagles hasn't really done himself any favors. Could he come to Pittsburgh, sit under Big Ben for maybe a season or two, learn the system, learn how to protect the football, which he has not done this season, and learn underneath this system to where he's in a low-pressure situation where it's kind of a low-risk, high-reward situation, kind of like what the Saints are doing with Jameis Winston. And we're probably going to see what Jameis Winston has this next week with the Saints because it looks like that Drew Brees could potentially be out for the Saints Week 11 matchup. And so you get these guys who have performed at a high level at some points in their careers, and you see what you have if you wanted to go with the free agency approach versus drafting a quarterback. Now, if you do draft a quarterback, Ike, I think the thing that you do get is you get a quarterback on a rookie deal, so you also get a good bargain there. You get good value there instead of, again, I mean, you get a franchise guy like a Big Ben, like an Aaron Rodgers, like a Russell Wilson, you're Patrick Mahomes, what have you. You're talking north of $30 million per year, which is a lot to allocate to one player on a team. Granted, it's the most important position in sports, but you've got to get good value there to where if you're going to pay a quarterback that amount of money, it has to be worth it. And that's a question that the Cleveland Browns have with Baker Mayfield. If they want to pick up his fifth-year option on his rookie deal, do the Browns want to pay Baker Mayfield Twenty-five to twenty-six million dollars a year for that fifth-year option—is he right. worth it? And so that's what the Steelers need to figure out. Okay, not this season, maybe not next season with Big Ben, but you always say this too, Ike. Father time catches up with everyone. I'm gonna do a Green Bay did last year, and I'm gonna go out and give me a quarterback. That's what I'm gonna do. First, second round, if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm gonna go out and give me a quarterback. You know, because Seven's still taking a few hits. I mean, he tough as nails. Not too many quarterbacks can play with the amount of injury seven play with doing the game, doing the game on his body. But um, if if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, the first or second round, you 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 better be sure that I'm looking for a quarterback. It, it may it may it may be a center. You know, the first two rounds I'm looking for a quarterback and I'm looking for a center. You know, I because Pouncey already said once seven go, he gone. So, you know, them boys got a bond like no other when it comes down to quarterbacks and centers, and I, I, I love it. So, at the same time, man, I look for whether it's the, the center first or the quarterback first, but that's where I'm going. That's exactly what I'm doing, a quarterback and a center in the first and second round next year. And, Ike, we've talked here on the Believe in Steelers podcast time and time and time again about the Steelers' offensive struggles dating back to a year ago when the team did not score more than 27 points in a game. This Steelers team has scored 27 or more points for the sixth time in seven games, and it shows you Big Ben's importance on the offensive side of the ball. I do want to go back to the defensive side of the ball, because we always give a shout-out to the unsung heroes on the Steelers' defense. Mm. How about Cam Sutton filling in for Mike Hilton? He now has three consecutive games with a forced fumble from that nickelback position. Again, a position Mike Hilton has played extremely well at this season. He's been hurt. And so Cam Sutton, the cornerback out of the University of Tennessee, has done a great job filling in, creating turnovers for this defense and flipping the field, giving that offense a short field to work with. And it just shows you the importance of turning the football over. And he did that yet again on Sunday. Well, Cam was sitting in the cut. 
And what I mean by sitting in the cut, he was sitting behind Mike. And the reason why he was sitting behind Mike, because Mike was Mike was doing that, but Mike wasn't getting the turnovers like Cam doing. What Mike was doing, Mike was that extra linebacker. You know what I'm saying? That run, people won't run in the ball like how they're running the ball now because little old Mike Hilton coming off the edge, don't mind contact. So you use both of them in two different scenarios. You use Cam more as a, a secondary guy who, who knows how to cover. You use Mike more as a linebacker guy, a blessing guy who doesn't mind coming up and hitting. That's what you get in both of them. For me, it's the depth. You know, Pittsburgh got depth at that position in the slot, which is hard. You know, you got a guy if you want to. You can go a dime package if you want to, man. You can just have six six DBs out there if you if you really want to. And they can do it because of Sutton and Mike Hilton. So it just brings some more ammo to the Pittsburgh Steelers when you want to look at defense. But as far as, like, Cam Sutton coming from Tennessee, man, a little young stud, he – He's been playing lights out for the last couple of games since Mike Hilton hasn't been in the game because of his injury. And I think you bring up a great point, Ike, in terms of stopping the run. The Bengals did have 139 yards rushing against the Steelers' defense. That is a little bit of a cause for concern for both of us in the sense of, okay, stopping the run from the defensive standpoint and then running the ball effectively from the offensive standpoint. Steelers only had 44 rushing yards themselves. And so, look, James Conner, the last few games, and I don't want to, okay, unnecessarily target a small sample size and say, oh, I'm going to cherry pick these stats. But for whatever reason, the Steelers just have not been able to get the rushing game going. And that's when you've seen the Steelers open it up, go to those empty sets and allow Big Ben to get the ball out quickly again to serve as an extension of the running game. But that is something I would like to see the Steelers establish moving forward for the rest of the season as we move along into November, into December, and into January. The importance of running the ball in the cold weather is something I want to see the Steelers get back to. They're going to have to do one or two things, Mark. They're going to let that empty set be an extension to the run game and just live and die by that or they got to go back to the old school conventional way and lining up and running the ball for this December, January football. It's going to be one of the two decisions the Pittsburgh still offense is going to have to make. And I'm, I'm going to lean more towards on them going empty sets, especially with the stats you've given me on how successful Ben has been in the empty sets and looking at that empty set as an extension of a run game. 100%. In week 11, the Steelers will have the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Steelers, 10-point favorites over the Jags. Jags played Green Bay pretty tough this past weekend on Sunday. And so I would expect the Steelers to win again. 10 points is quite a bit to cover. But again, the Steelers will also be on the road in this one. I know preseason, Ike, you picked the Steelers to go 13-3, and a prediction that's looking better and better every single week. But I remember in the preseason, this was one where you said, Steelers might trip up here because going to Jacksonville, where the weather's going to be warmer, in November and other parts of the country, you're almost into the winter time this time of year. I would expect the Steelers to win, but 10 points is quite a lot on the road for Pittsburgh in this one. I felt the same way going into this Bengals game, and we saw what happened. The Steelers took care of business, but... I don't know. I like the Steelers to win, no doubt. I'm not sure that they cover in week 11, though, over the Jags. It's going to be a tough game because one thing the Jags are doing, they run the ball real well. 
they're gonna come out tough. They're gonna come out fast. The only thing about the Jags is just they they're not able to hold how they come out as far as like the physicality and the toughness. They kind of burn out of gas, if you know what I'm saying. So the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, this hopefully this don't seem like a vacation. And what I mean by vacation is they've been playing in some cold weather uh, games over the last couple of weeks. You know what I'm saying? And coming down to Florida, you know, right now down here in Florida, you know, we still running outside with our shirts off. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're not doing that in Pittsburgh and up north right now. So we'll see. Coach T has been done a has done a phenomenal job, a heck of a job of just keeping his, his team looking at it one game at a time. You know what I'm saying? You can just tell how they, how they playing. So like I say, man, we'll see what you know, this Florida weather down here, the atmosphere down here, man, it's a little bit different, especially when you're coming from up north, man. You 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 tend to you tend to you tend you tend to get off your feet. You know, you, you tend to relax a little bit more when you up north because of the weather. You really can't do too much outside unless you go on a skiing or something. Down here you're gonna stay on your feet a little bit longer because it's so much to see and so much to do, and you're trying to soak up you're trying to soak up all this sun. So We'll see what's up. We'll see what's up. Hopefully, them boys have that up north mindset, understanding it's a business trip, and they stay there with inside instead of staying on their feet 24-7 because they haven't seen sunshine and suntans <laughs> like this in a while. <laughs> like you've been checking out my Instagram. I usually go get my morning run done early. It's the, uh, it's the rise I, and I grind. You. I'll be seeing you, dog, early in the morning to get that, get that run in. <laughs> You're right, though. I mean, it's beautiful. I'm looking at it today. It's like upper 70s, lower 80s and sunshine. And just, you know, you go back to you go up north, you go up to Pittsburgh, you go back, you know, in a lot of these northern cities throughout the Midwest, what have you. And it's still so perverse for me. I know we're both in Florida, Ike, to say, oh, you know, the time of year you want to be down here is, you know, November, December, January, February, just because, look, where I grew up, it's the complete opposite of that. It's still perverse for me to think that way. So I, I hear you in terms of the Florida weather, and it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. But the business trip, that's the attitude that the Steelers have to take in week 11. Yeah, no, I, think, I think Coach T and that coaching staff, they're they doing a, a good job of just keeping them boys singly focused. You know what I'm saying? Week to week. You know, it's first time in franchise history you're going 9-0. and And I think now they're starting to – play a complete game. You know, if you look at McLeod on punt return, man, he, he was making it look like backyard football. How he just held the ball like a loaf of bread and then took off for like 35 yards <laughs> to, give him, to give him better uh, field position. So when you when you see that, man, it, they're having fun. That's what oh, yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers are doing. They're they, they having fun, and, they, and you, you can start to see they're about to become a complete football team. And it just so happened they're a nine and zero. So it's like, dang, if I feel like the Pittsburgh Steelers about to become a complete football team, and they were seven and zero, what they're gonna do in the second half of the season? And and that's what they're doing, man. I think they just have to. My question is, what's your identity gonna be on the offensive side when it comes down to the second half? Will you be an empty set kind of offense, or are you gonna go back to the traditional ground and pound? kind of offense because of the weather up north 100 percent. and ideally i would like to see a mix of both but 
With the empty set, the only trepidation I would have with that, Ike, would be this is can you protect Big Ben? Can you make sure he gets the ball out of his hands just because I don't want to see him taking big shots of, okay, we're going to go an empty set if the opposing defense goes, say, man-to-man with one safety over the top or decides to blitz six to where there's five linemen blocking. He's got to get the ball out of his hands to whichever one-on-one matchup he likes the best. I just don't want to see Big Ben taking unnecessary shots at his age given this stage of his career because keeping him healthy is absolutely vital if this team is going to make a Super Bowl run in the 2020 season. And so you've got to keep him upright. And so that's my trepidation in terms of running the empty sets. It's really effective because, okay, you want to put Deontay, Juju, Chase, or James Washington, or Eric Ebron in one-on-one situations. Good luck because Big Ben's going to find one of them. But again, can he take that pounding time and time and time again? And especially during the regular season, like maybe save that to when you really, really need it once you get into the playoffs. I think seven in the offensive lineman, I think Ben has been very conscious on not taking the hits he usually takes throughout the course of the season. With this empty setting with these wide receivers being on the field, and we've talked about this at least a month and a half ago, a while ago, Pittsburgh does a great job of drafting receivers who come from the cold weather. So now it's not a surprise or a shock to them when the weather changed in November, December, January. Now they know exactly how to catch the ball. Now they're not worrying about what's the temperature on outside or how I'm going to catch this ball. They've been doing it for the past four years since they've been in college. Let's make it five if you're a rookie. Let's make it three if it's your third year. Let's make it eight if it's your third year, you know, for playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I think the Pittsburgh Steelers just ahead of the curve when it comes down to evaluating getting receivers and where I'm drafting these receivers and what state I'm drafting these receivers from. If you just look at the lineup, man, what, four out of five of your receivers, are, you would say all five. The only question mark you would say is, is Juju, and this going on Juju fourth year, in the league, but hell, if you want to look at California, Southern Cal, man, it gets cold at nighttime if anybody hasn't been there. So Pittsburgh's still in between Chase, Deontay, McLeod, and, and James Washington. Those guys, when it becomes late throughout the season during the year, they come from cold weather states. You know what I'm saying? So right now, they can go five if they want to is what I'm saying. And the reason why is because how they draft their receivers and where they get them from. And I can't wait till we look back at this. I've already, I'm on the record saying this. I think Chase Claypool's the best receiver in this draft in what was a loaded receiver class. I can't wait till we look back at this, Ike, in say three to five years. And it's going to be like, how in the world did Chase Claypool go in the second round of the NFL draft? And like, I remember when the Steelers drafted him, we had the live reaction pod, Ike. And we're watching this. It was like, okay, we don't know a whole lot about him early on. And you look at the size, the speed, the production that he had at Notre Dame. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I really don't understand how Chase wasn't a first round draft pick just looking at that. But I think maybe some of that stems from how loaded the receiver class was. And so he falls to the Steelers in the second round, which I think we're going to look back here in the near future and just scratch our heads and say, how in the world did that happen? We talked about this, Mark. We was disrespecting Canada because he was from Canada. <laughs> I love this theory. Because he, he wasn't from the States. 
And we and we disrespected that because he said he didn't mind playing Canadian football. That would have been a dream for him. Little do he know he was he he's good enough to be a star in the league. Like that's what the young man said. But I, I just think mentally, man, the man from Canada, man, we what they know what what the, what the receivers from Canada know about football, especially NFL football. How can he help my team? <laughs> now you saying what the hell that man doing? That man that man balling. I love Mapletron and then the seven eleven connection he has with Big Ben and certainly the production that he's had on the field has been second to none. He had two more touchdowns on Sunday in the win over the Bengals. And so you look at what he does week in and week out and the Steelers got a really good one in Chase Claypool. But Ike, again, week 11, Steelers go up against the Jaguars. Just any final thoughts before we sign off here on the Believe in Steelers podcast? First time in franchise history, 9-0. Seven, I think seven right now is having more fun than anything. I think that locker room right now is having more fun than anything. I think just being a Pittsburgh Steelers fan is probably one of the best times if you've ever been a Pittsburgh Steelers fan that you, that you got an organization going 9-0. They're just a fun team to watch. You know what I'm saying? Pittsburgh is just a fun team to watch. For the majority of the games, it's, it's really not that too exciting to watch unless you're still a fan. But, man, them boys, uh, I can't say enough about them. I can't. It, it just makes me nervous because either I don't – I want to see them go undefeated or just go and get this loss out the way. One of the two. But, yeah, Pittsburgh Nation is, is a proud nation right now. And for, for Chase for Chase and Dotson and a lot of the rookies to come in, you know, this ain't normal to go nine and zero. But you understand the work you put in and how it is to be a professional one to just, just to come in and win. You know, because by the end of the day, that's that's what everybody wanna do. Everybody wanna be a part of winning. And that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers organization is doing right now, man. They just winning at an all time high. So I gotta give it. I gotta give a shout out to Seven Man. Big Ben has been playing lights out from the time he walked into the building to the time week nine, ten. Seven has has really put that offense and and really changed his one way of life to his leadership role. You know, you can tell Seven. I, I can see it from afar. Seven has grown as a young man, especially being a leader. You know, just how he interacts with a young wide receiver group, let alone young team. You know, these guys just coming out of college this year, what, 17 for seven? While they was in middle school, seven was in the league. Some of them in elementary, seven was still in the league. So it's just crazy how time flies. But, yeah, that's where I'm at. Ike, I won't lie to you. I thought that you were absolutely nuts to pick the Steelers to go 13-3 and three at the start of the year. I certainly thought that this team would be back in the playoffs this season. Mm-hmm. I picked them to go 11 and five, but every single week, it's just like, yeah, my guy Ike Taylor called that weeks and weeks and weeks ago. And I thought you were drinking the Steelers Kool-Aid a little bit too much, but you saw something in this team that a lot of people didn't going into the season because everyone was still so bullish on the Baltimore Ravens coming into the season. But that's the one thing I didn't have quite as much faith going in preseason to say, okay, this is going to be the Steelers' division in the 2020 season over the Baltimore Ravens. But I did know that there was going to be a regression, which I already outlined with the Ravens' rushing attack. 
but I also knew how competitive this division is on a year in and year out basis. And I go back to this fact since 2002, when the NFL reconfigured its divisions, no team has won the AFC North three seasons in a row, which is what the Ravens were trying to do this season. And I said, Hey, okay, we know it's not going to be the Bengals. They're too young. They have a rookie quarterback. I did think that the Browns would get better and the Browns have their six and three right now, which is a very good improvement compared to where they were a season ago. But it was like, okay, well, who's left? It's the Steelers and Steelers, a team that went eight and eight a season ago with injuries, not just to big Ben Juju was banged up last year. James Conner was banged up last year. You had injuries on the offensive line. You had suspensions after the miles Garrett brawl. And had the Steelers made the playoffs last year, Mike Tomlin would have been coach of the year. And I like to see him get his due this year because now the Steelers have put it all together because they have everything rolling. For the most part, guys are healthy on this team. And we'll see if Pittsburgh can keep it rolling. And I'll go back to what we've said on either last week or the week before his podcast. I want to see the Steelers team against the Chiefs in the AFC championship game. That is the matchup that I think would be the game of the year, the best of the best, the best offense against the best defense. That is a matchup that I hope that we get to see as football fans. That's why I said 13 and three, because I said, damn, if they go eight and eight with no seven, at least seven good for five. <laughs> he good for five games <laughs> with a defense, with a good defense. So, and then, you know, that's, I'm just looking at what they did last year, which you said, Mark, eight and eight a plethora of injuries, seven out on board, going down to your four-string quarterback, Juju Belly playing, guys on suspension, kind of in and out of the lineup because of his injuries, and you still – but the defense still was holding their own to give the offense a chance. The offense just, just couldn't get over that hump. So I was just like, you know what, when seven come back, man – Defense is going to play the way the defense has been playing because a lot of them guys and they prime and they trying to, and they playing for these contracts. Seven come back, man. Seven good for five. I know if they can win eight games without seven, man, he good. At least giving them five more games. And little do you know, man, them boys are nine to know right now. I, you're the man. This is always a highlight of my week. I would encourage the listeners of the Believe in Steelers podcast, go leave us a five-star review. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Always appreciate the listeners. Always appreciate our sponsorship at Bet Online yes. and the folks over at the Believe Podcast Network for yes. pairing me each week with Ike Taylor. Ike, you're the man. Man, appreciate you. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. God, thank you as well as my co-host, Mark. I mean, it's become more of like a friendship than anything. I want to thank BetOnline again. Please give us the five-star reviews. Make sure y'all give us our five-star reviews. And we will continue to educate, entertain. Make sure y'all tune in week in and week out on us. 100%. I, I want to see those five-star reviews too because I always like reading them. They always crack me up. They're always pretty funny. And we haven't had a, a few in a while, but if you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we will read it here on the show. So always appreciate the love from the listeners. I will go ahead and sign off here. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. Again, please rate, review, and subscribe. We'll see you next week after the Steelers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Take care, and so long, everyone. Peace.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.